We're going to take a few minutes and look through our rule. Some of us may not have known until recently that the rule had been updated in 2019. So we need to kind of look through and see what has changed. We had a generous donation, an anonymous donation, from someone who wanted to have the rule printed for us. We contacted a printer and it is in process. There was a hope, a very slim chance that it would be ready by today. Whatever slim chance there was, the snow eliminated that. So we do not have a copy for you to follow along with. Sister thinks we should be able to follow along pretty well on the projection here. This may not be a one-time deal. We may come back to this over a series because this is an important topic. I'm going to just say a couple of preliminary remarks about the general declarations and just about the rule in general. And it's probably a review for most of you, for the inquirers or candidates and candidates, it may be new. It's always good to go over these things. So I have just about nine slides. And then after that, we'll go through the general declarations article by article. We'll just read them together. And then if there's some things to point out or you've got questions about them, I'll do my best to answer them. So the renewal of or the general declarations. So the first thing that I wanted to point out, let's get the big picture. From the rule, the last article in the rule says the statutes governing lay Dominicans are... And so the first one is the rule or the fundamental constitutions of the Dominican laity. And then the second are the general declarations, which are put out, in this case, by the master of the order or of the general chapters, it says. That means the general chapters of the Dominican friars. Okay, so the master of the order can put out general declarations or the chapter which meets at a particular time, the chapter actually has authority over the master of the order. Okay, so the chapter of the Dominican friars would actually be able to put out general declarations as well. So you have three places from which you're getting your statutes. One is the rule that's universal for all Dominican laity everywhere throughout the world. The general declarations also are universal. And see the particular directories. The particular directories, in our case, it comes from the southern province. So I hope that that is a review for most of you. Any questions on that? It's the three sources of the law. And then it's just good to remember the role of the law. Why do we have law? Any human society has law. Law is for good society. And it helps to create order, helps to keep order. And as St. Paul says, God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. An old Latin phrase, Deus non commotione est. God is not present in disturbance. So we're grateful for the law. In our particular directory of the southern province, it says regarding the laws or the directives, their one purpose is to enable laymen and women to live their lives in the spirit of St. Dominic. So again, it's just the role of the laws. It can be dry when we're going to go over 31A, 31B. It can get pretty dry. But if you keep the big picture in mind, then it takes the dryness away. The purpose of the directory to free the lay Dominican to live the four pillars of Dominican life, prayer, study, community, and mission. So before we talk about approval, what are the ecclesiastical bodies which approve 
that are relevant to your situation here as lay Dominicans. And the first is the Vatican Congregation for Institutes of Consecrated Life and Societies of Apostolic Life. They're the ones that approved the rule of the lay Dominicans. That is the same congregation that approved our rule as Dominican sisters and all of the rules for religious orders or societies of apostolic life. Not the dicastery of the laity. And why is that? It's because when you make your promise as lay Dominicans, you're being incorporated into the order of the Dominicans. And they're under the Congregation for the Institutes of Consecrated Life and Societies of Apostolic Life. The Master General of the Order, which now is Father Timoner III, he promulgated the general declarations, and he also approved the particular directory, which would be what you have from the southern province. The southern province sends it to the master general's representative, but it's actually the master general of the order who's giving the approval. And then the prior provincial of the order, Father Tom Condon, the Dominican provincial of the southern province, and he actually promulgates it to us. So you have a couple of different actions going on here, approval, promulgation. In the case of the general directives, there was also an abrogation. So general directives, which were before, they've now been abrogated. That means taken away and ditched and then made effective. So all of those are just separate different actions. It might seem kind of dry, but these activities, I mean, each action is different. And implicit in all of this is that the approval of the texts is so very important. It shows the care and concern that the church has for the order. An implicit recognition of the value of your life as Dominicans with the desire to make it flourish in order and peace and contribute to the holiness of the order. So the one last thing I wanted to say, that there is another ecclesiastical body that gives approval for things, and that is the Congregation for Divine Worship. And they have approved certain rituals and the formula for the vows that actually came from the Congregation for Sacred Worship. And I will just let you know that our present directory from the southern province, the appendices have not updated the most recent approval of the ceremonies that were approved by the Sacred Congregation. Tomorrow I'm speaking with the provincial promoter from the southern province, Father, is it Caron or Karen? David. Okay, so Father David, C-A-R-O-N, Karen. And so I'll talk to him tomorrow about that. Okay, any questions so far? Okay, so the question was, are we going by chapter or fraternity? So they are really interchangeable. The terms are interchangeable here in the United States. The southern province has opted to use the word chapter. When you read the more universal documents, they're referring to the chapters as fraternities. There's a footnote there. They opted to use the word chapter just because of some of the connotations of fraternity in the United States. I want to begin with the letters of approval. So anyway, I'll just point out here, it says that having carefully studied the proposed provincial directory for the lay fraternities of the province of St. Martin de Porres, in accordance with the rule of the lay fraternities of St. Dominic and the 2019 general declarations, I hereby approve the said directory. It's signed by the Master General of the Order, 
Father Timoner. And then he says, second to the last paragraph, he says, I would like to express my gratitude to those who have prepared the directory with the support of the brothers and sisters who, faithful to the charism and spirituality of the order, continue to live the kerygma as the center of our Christian faith, giving meaning to our life of prayer, studying and preaching, and fraternity and friendship with God. So he's talking about the kerygma there is just that initial preaching of the gospel that you all participate in. Uh, yeah, it's friar, and so, yeah, the European friars especially, and actually I know the southern province friars also, they don't capitalize it. So I think it's probably just a mark of humility. He's first among equals and the friars themselves. Do, pardon? Is he a priest? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, he's a member of the, yes, he's a priest of the Dominican orders. No, not all friars are priests. Some friars are brothers. Yes. Yes, Father Gerard Francisco Timoner III, Master of the Order. So then let's go to the approval. Okay, so page seven. Basically, he's promulgating and he's abrogating at the same time. More than 30 years have passed since the from the definitive approval of the new rule of the lay fraternities of St. Dominic by the Sacred Congregation for Religious and Secular Institutes on the 15th of January, 1987, and its promulgation by the Master of the Order, Friar Damien Byrne, on the 28th of January, 1987. The rule was complemented by a series of general declarations promulgated by Father Damien Byrne on the 16th of February, 1987, and various interventions of general chapters and masters of the order in the following decades. Most notable are the general declarations promulgated by Friar Carlos Alfonso Aspiros Costa on the 15th of November, 2007, following the International Congress of the Lay Fraternities of St. Dominic at Buenos Aires in March of that year. With the passage of time, it has become apparent both to the International Council of the Lay Dominican Fraternities and to the International Congress of the Lay Fraternities meeting in Fatima in October of 2018 that some minor adjustments to the rule are necessary along with some further clarifications in order to respond to the needs of the fraternities across the world. Therefore, having heard the International Council and Congress of the Lay Fraternities and having received the approval of the Congregation for Institutes of Consecrated Life and Societies of Apostolic Life on the 28th of January 2019 for amendments to numbers 20C and 21B of the rule, we hereby promulgate the following revised text of the rule of the Lay Fraternities of St. Dominic. At the same time, we promulgate the following revised general declarations of the Master of the Order. The new general declarations integrally reorder the material for, of those made by our predecessor, Friar Damien Bine, on the 16th of February, 1987, and Friar Carlos Alfonso Espiros Costa on the 15th of November, 2007. And so those former de- declarations are to be considered abrogated in accordance with Canon 20. The amendments to the rule and the new general declarations come into force on the 24th of May, 2019, memoria of the translation of our Holy Father, Dominic. 
given in Rome at our General Curia at Santa Sabina on the 9th of March, 2019. Thank you. The rule was revised, and he's promulgating two articles of revision, but he's abrogating the general declarations and promulgating the new ones. And then just a note that the church always tries to promulgate these things on a good day, a feast day, a liturgical day that's relevant. And certainly the translation of our Holy Father, St. Dominic, is irrelevant. Brad, why don't we go to the general declarations? The way these documents are arranged is that the most universal things are the first things, and then it descends to particulars. Page 13. The Lay Fraternities of St. Dominic, Section 1. The laity of St. Dominic are those faithful who, baptized in the Catholic Church, or received into her, confirmed and in full communion with faith, sacraments, and ecclesiastical governance, are called by a special vocation to progress in the Christian way of life and to animate temporal things through the charism of St. Dominic. There is actually a little mistake. It should be full communion of faith. Another translation has that. The important thing is that the lay Dominicans, before you make your promise, you have to be in full communion with the church. That's nothing new. Animating temporal things, you're living your life animated by the spirit of St. Dominic. Section 2, to be incorporated into the order of preachers in whose apostolic mission they fully participate, the laity of St. Dominic make the promise according to the formula foreseen by the rule, entry to the lay branch of the order called the lay fraternities of St. Dominic, subject to the master and other major superiors of the order, is brought about only with this promise. Again, the incorporation into the order happens with that promise, the full incorporation. Now, there is kind of a partial incorporation when you are received as a candidate, because that's when you begin to share in all of the spiritual suffrages and the spiritual benefits. But the incorporation happens with the promise. Other groups of Dominican laity. In addition to the lay fraternities of St. Dominic, there are priestly fraternities and other associations and confraternities governed by their own statutes, legitimately approved by the competent authority and by various titles attached to the Dominican family. You'll notice that the word attached and incorporated are italicized there. Some of the associations are things like Dominican youth, confraternities, confraternities of the rosary, the priestly fraternities, especially in other parts of the world, the Philippines. But all of those are just attached. They're not incorporated because they don't have the promise. Section 2, these associations and fraternities constitute a great and varied richness for the church and the Dominican family and are to be greatly valued by all the members of the lay fraternities. Section 3, the formula of the promise contained in the rule of the lay fraternities of St. Dominic approved by the Holy See is not to be used by other groups aggregated in any way to the Dominican family unless the master of the order expressly permits otherwise. So again, the language of the promise has been approved and the words mean something. And so those are weighed carefully according to your state in life. Also, I would say that in that document that the Sacred Congregation put out for the ceremonies, it also makes very explicit that the ceremony should not, it should be distinctly different from the ceremony of religious profession. Life of the fraternities. 
the rosary by which the mind is raised up to the intimate contemplation of the mysteries of Christ through the Blessed Virgin Mary is a a traditional devotion of the order. Therefore, its daily recitation by the brothers and sisters of the lay fraternities of St. Dominic is recommended. Okay, so now go back to, you've got the rule, universal, general declarations, and then the province. And so according to the rule, the rule in 10b also lists especially mass and the liturgy of the hours. And then here in the general declarations, it's especially encouraging the rosary. And then in our particular directories, it is specifying liturgy of the hours, morning prayer, and evening prayer. The apostolate of the fraternities. Members of the fraternities are always to bear authentic witness to the mercy of of Christ in communion with the church and the order, to make public statements in the name of a fraternity or of the Dominican laity more broadly, they require the authorization of the competent authority in accordance with the directory. Admission to the fraternities. The laity of St. Dominic are always ascribed to a fraternity, where possible that of their own canonical domicile or quasi-domicile, or at least placed in stable contact with a member of the provincial or vicariate council of the laity. Did I say that right? The vicariate. Mm-hmm. Vicariate Council of the Laity. Yes, so canonical domicile, that's your diocese, and quasi-domicile could be, like if you're in the military, there's a military diocese. Stable contact with a member of the provincial. This would refer especially to somebody like maybe a lay Dominican who's in prison. As I missed your talk, Stefano, but there are several lay Dominicans in the southern province that are in prison. There are several prison chapters. The perpetual promise is preceded by at least one year of initial reception and by three years of temporary promise, documented in the registers kept for this purpose either by the local fraternity or in that provincial archive. How important it is to record your promises and your the date of the candidacy. And I know that Marge says that right now that our chapter has been using a system of cards. And really the customary way of doing that is a book, a register. So we're going to work on that and we're going to correct that. For any future secretaries of the chapter out there, it's really an important thing to have these things recorded and to have them recorded well. Just think about all of the lay Dominicans that are under scrutiny for canonization. So it's an important service that a secretary gives to his or her chapter. A candidate who has received an equivalent formation in the International Dominican Youth Movement may be dispensed from part of initial formation by the president of the fraternity with the consent of the council. In this case, at least one year of temporary promise is to precede perpetual promise. The faithful who live in particular situations because of which in the judgment of the council of the fraternity it is not prudent that they be admitted to the promise, may nevertheless participate in the life of the fraternity and its permanent formation in a path of following Christ through the Dominican charism without prejudice to the discipline and magisterium of the church. It just means that there could be some members of the chapter. Anyway, I don't know if you would call them a member of the chapter, but that you could have people who would like to come if you admit them to the different formation. 
classes, so to speak, or study groups. That's something that maybe you could talk about as a chapter, as a you know, a local council. How you want to, how you would want to do that. The law governing the fraternities. The rule by which the lay fraternities of Saint Dominic are governed is the fundamental law for the lay fraternities of the whole world. The present general declarations promulgated by the master of the order are expansions, explanations, and interpretations of the rule. The provincial and national directories prepared by the fraternities themselves and approved by the master of the order are particular norms for the local fraternities and for the collaboration at provincial and national level. Brad, do you know, do we have a national council of Dominican laity? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Either. So in our case, we're just dealing with a provincial council. So that the brothers and sisters of the lay fraternities may fulfill their obligation, obligations not as slaves under the law, but constituted as free people under grace from the rule of St. Augustine, we declare that transgressions against the rule do not as such constitute moral fault. So the promise does not bind under pain of sin. But it is a promise, and so there is a binding, so to speak, under virtue. So a member owes it to himself or herself to keep the promise, and also to the other members of the chapter to keep the promise as best they can. And there is provision for being released from the promise, a formal provision. If that comes up, that might be something that we can look at as a chapter in improving The text of the provincial directory is to be agreed by the provincial council of the laity. It is sent to the prior provincial who transmits it together with his opinion and that of his council to the master of the order for approval. In approving the provincial directory, the master of the order may also make amendments to particular norms. The approved provincial directory is promulgated by the prior provincial. And again, that's Father Tom Condon has promulgated it. Unless provision is made by the national directory, the provincial directory must determine, number one, the conditions for admission to a fraternity, number two, the time of probation and of profession of the promise without prejudice to number six above, number three, the frequency of the sacraments and the prayers which the brothers and sisters of the lay fraternities are to raise to God, Number four, the frequency of the meetings of the fraternities and the form of their celebration and also the frequency of spiritual conferences. Number five, the internal constitution of each fraternity and of the fraternities of the province as a whole. Number six, the manner of proceeding for the election of officials without prejudice to norms of the rule and these declarations. Number seven, the manner and limits of dispensation without prejudice to number 13 below. Number eight, suffrages for deceased brothers and sisters of the lay fraternities and for the whole order. So that's quite a bit. (laughs) Any questions about that? So it's just the details that would be given in our provincial directory. There's always room for improvement. What about the people who've made promises who are not coming to the meeting? So the question is, what about the people who have made promises that are not coming to the meetings? And yes, so there is a formal request for release from the promise, and it's something that maybe we could encourage them to do. Okay. Again, it would be encouraging them to do that. Number 12, Section 1, where several provinces are present in the territory of a single nation, there may also be a national directory. 
The National Directory provides norms for national structures of the laity of St. Dominic. It may also provide norms for provinces and fraternities, although a provincial directory may derogate from norms of the National Directory. Section 2, the text of the National Directory is to be agreed by the provincial councils of the laity of the provinces concerned. It is to be transmitted to the Master of the Order for approval, together with the opinions of the Prior's Provincial concerned and their councils. I think we could skip down to 13, because all of these from 12 are about a national directory, which we don't have. Number 13. Section 1, the superiors of the order and the presidents of the fraternities do not have the authority to dispense from divine law or the universal law of the church. Section 2, a dispensation always requires a just and reasonable cause. Norms which define essentially constitutive <laughs> elements of an institute or act are not subject to dispensation. Section 3, only the master of the order may dispense all lay Dominicans from a norm of the rule. Section 4, the prior provincial may dispense individual fraternities from a norm of the rule or the directory, even without limit of time. Section 5, the president of the fraternity may legitimately dispense from a norm of the rule or the directory in individual cases and for a determined time. Okay, number 14, the prior provincial has the power to Senate invalid acts of the fraternity, especially concerning admission to profession of the promise. <laughs> I don't know. What Senate? I don't know what Senate means, but I'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> so those are the major, those are the more universal things. So the government of the fraternity. Number 15, section one, unless the directory determines otherwise, the president and the council of the fraternity are elected by the members of that fraternity who have made at least the temporary promise. Section 2, to be elected president, a member must have made the perpetual promise. Number 16, section 1, in accordance with Article 21 of the rule, the religious assistant is to be a religious brother or sister of the order if it is impossible to appoint a suitable Dominican religious as assistant to a fraternity, the prior provincial may dispense from this requirement and appoint another suitably qualified person to assist the members in doctrinal matters and the spiritual life in the Dominican tradition. Section 2, a religious or cleric who is not under the jurisdiction of the prior provincial cannot validly be appointed assistant without the written consent of his or her major superior. For a secular cleric, this consent is given by his ordinary. So that's just a good thing to keep in mind if you find yourself, you're moving from one section of the country to another and you have maybe a smaller group of lay Dominicans. You can get another person, could be a, a diocesan priest, could be somebody who's very well educated. I'm thinking somebody like Ralph Martin. He would probably be very qualified to do something like that. So, and then the diocesan priest would just have to get permission from his bishop. And I will just say that right now, I am not legal <laughs> because mother would need to submit to the provincial prior her permission, her letter of permission that I would be, <laughs> that I could be your religious assistant. So in terms of the religious assistant, the law is really, it's very twisted because there's three different entities going on there. You know, your own law, the law of the religious institute that I'm a member of, and then 
the third thing would be the prior, the priors. Government of the Fraternities in the Province, number 17, section 1. The directory determines the manner of electing the provincial president and the provincial council of the laity. Section 2, to be elected provincial president, a member must have made the perpetual promise. Number 18, section 1, in accordance with article 20B of the rule, the provincial promoter is to be a religious brother or sister of the order. Dispensation from this requirement is reserved to the master of the order. Section 2, one who is not under the jurisdiction of the prior provincial cannot validly be appointed provincial promoter without the written consent of his or her major superior and is signed agreement between the prior provincial and the promoter. Section 3, the term of office of the provincial promoter is four years. He or she may not serve for more than two consecutive terms. Section 4, although the provincial promoter has the full right to participate in meetings of the lay provincial council, he or she does not enjoy active or passive voice in any organ of the lay fraternities. So that is helpful to know the rights of the different officers. So the provincial promoter for us is Father David Karen, the one that I'll be talking to tomorrow. 19 elections. Okay, so we'll skip elections and just go on to number 20. Okay, separation from the lay fraternities. Number 20, section 1. At the expiry of the temporary promise, if it is not renewed, a member is free to depart from the lay fraternities. Section 2. During the time of the temporary promise or after making the perpetual promise, a member is not to seek indult to depart from the lay fraternities except for a grave reason weighted before God and with the assistance of fellow members. In the presence of such a reason, a motivated request is to be presented to the president of the fraternity who is to forward it to the prior provincial together with his or her own opinion and that of the council of the fraternity. I think that's an important thing from the front end to remember that as you invite friends to come, to be cognizant of the fact that if you're encouraging them to become a lay Dominican, ask yourself the question, is the person capable of a promise? Is the person capable of a promise? You know, We have to be cognizant. So can they contribute well to the life of the order? And number three, the prior provincial is competent to grant an indult of depart from the lay fraternities. Once the indult is notified in writing to the member concerned, he or she is dispensed from the promise and the requirement to observe the particular law of the lay fraternities of St. Dominic. Section 21. Section 1. Besides the situations mentioned in Canon 316, a member who has made the temporary or perpetual promise may be dispensed for one of the following offenses. Number 1. Grave violation of the rule or of the directory. Number 2. Causing grave public scandal among the faithful. Section 2, in the cases mentioned in Section 1, the president of the fraternity is first to warn the member formally in writing. Section 3, if the warning is not heeded, the president, with the consent of the council of the fraternity, may ask the prior provincial to dismiss the member. In the situations mentioned in Canon 316, the president must ask the prior provincial to dismiss the member. Section 4, if the prior provincial, having afforded the member the opportunity to present a defense, judges the dismissal to be warranted, he issues a written decree of dismissal. Section 5, the decree of dismissal, once legitimately notified in writing to the member, brings 
about the cessation of rights and obligations deriving from the promise and extends to all lay fraternities of St. Dominic. Section 6. Hierarchical recourse to the master of the order against a decree of dismissal is always possible. Again, this is just outlining the rights of all parties involved and, again, the seriousness, the gravity of your promise. Number 22, Section 1. A member who has obtained an indult of departure from the lay fraternities and who subsequently seeks to be reincorporated into in any fraternity must follow the formation process again. The member's perpetual promise can be received only with the permission of the prior provincial, with the consent of the council of the member's new fraternity. The promise and admission of one who keeps silent about a previous indult of departure is invalid. Okay, so that would mean invalid means that the promise is null and void. It's like it didn't happen. Section 2, one who has been dismissed from the lay fraternities after careful evaluation of his or her condition of life and with certainty of amendment may be readmitted under the same condition as in Section 1. And that brings us to the particular directory. So that's it for the general declarations. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're going to go through the rule. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Again, I just hope that it is a reminder to you, and it should be edifying, you know, that all of this legislation is around your promise and your incorporation into the order. Yeah, so the question is, are there substantive changes to the rule, or is it just mopping up some stuff? So there were only two articles that were changed in the rule. They were really very minor, and it was about election. So it was in the rule, if you have your rule, 20C and 21B. So 20C, the old text reads, a lay provincial council whose members are elected by the chapters is established in the territory of its province. The lay provincial council is regulated according to the norms defined by the provincial directory. The lay provincial council elects the provincial president, and that's the change. In the new one, 20C, it's not the council electing the president. It is the members electing the president. I think that's true. Let me read it. The new text states, a provincial president and a provincial council of lay Dominicans is to be elected by the fraternities in accordance with the norms. The council will elect the provincial president of the laity. So, no, I'm, I'm wrong. So, the members, the fraternities elect council members, and then the council elects the president of the lay fraternities of the province. There wasn't any change there, as far as I can see. So, is that what we are changing to? Oh, yes. Coming from the eastern province, in there, we would, the members would elect the council, and the council would elect the president. And then when I came here, I saw a different system in which the president was elected by the members. Yeah, the, are you speaking, Stefano, are you speaking? I'm sorry, I'm talking actually about the, actually the, not the, the province, I'm talking about the, the, the council. The chapter. The chapter, yes. Okay. So what did you do in the eastern province? You're speaking about the election of the council members and the president of the chapter. This is referring to the election of the councillors for the province. The member fraternities elect council members for the province, and then the council members elect a lay president. 
for the province. And that's not changed between the old and the new. They changed the wording. 21B, the fraternity members elect council members, and then the council elects the president. In our province, we have Dominican lady chapters in Memphis and in New Orleans, and the council comes from that, from all of these various members of the various chapters in the southern province. All right, so 21B, the new text reads, the president and the council of the fraternity are elected for a set time and in accordance with the manner established by the particular directory. And the old one reads, the council is elected for a specific term and in the manner established by the provincial directory. The council elects a president from among its members. Okay, so that's different now. But I guess what's surprising is that it seems that we were already doing what now we're supposed to do. That's a great way of doing things. (laughs) You do it and then let the law catch up to you. (laughs) What does our particular directory say in terms of the president of the fraternity? And the council of the, of the fraternity. The broad membership, right, okay. The broad membership elects our president. And then the broad membership elects the officers as well? Okay. When it comes time for the province to meet again, these are good things to bring up to the province. Like if you felt it would be better to have a different election system. I do remember when the chapter of the laity met at the mother house many years ago. I think it was like 2015 or something. And they were, I can't remember if they were nominating presidents, but they were going among the members that were there, and they were saying, would you be president, would you be president? And there were several who declined. And very respectfully, the other members were like, why are you declining this? They had their reasons. But the election of the officers is really important, and the procedures for doing it. Weren't they all kind of professed, though, that were being asked? Yes, I think it would be a good thing to do maybe next year to walk through the rule step-by-step in a similar way when you have the text in front of you to go through the rule and then maybe to look at some particular things of our particular directory. So we'll close up here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. St. Dominic, St. Raymond of Penyafort, the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Raymond of Penyafort, he was a canon lawyer of the order. (laughs) 